nothing but the blood of Jesus. You just, you just sang that. Just stop for a minute. Sometimes we sing songs that we've sung for years and years and we don't really just think about what we sing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Do you ever consider the lostness, the brokenness of your family, your friends, your coworkers, your community, our country, the world, and for a moment, not allow yourself to be distracted by some fleeting thing but just hold your eyes open to the brokenness, to the lostness, and feel powerless to make a dent. I mean, all that brokenness and all the lostness and even with the midst of our relationships when that is our son or our daughter or our spouse or our brother or our sister or our friend, our coworker, and it just seems impossible. And maybe, like me, sometimes you just feel powerless in that moment. I want you to keep that in mind because this weekend is one of my favorite weekends at Tri-Cities Baptist Church. And it is not because we do really anything flashy. <laughs> it is just because we come together as a body of believers and pray for gospel advancement through one another. We pray that God would use us to proclaim the good news of his son Jesus to those close to us and those far from us. And as we do, there is a very unique reminder to us. It is the reminder that yes, we are small, but the power to save is not in us. It's not in us. It is in the word of God a message that is now proclaimed in full. And I don't know about you, but that is such a relief to me that it is not on me. It is not about me, but there is a message that has the power to change someone's life for eternity. And that is the source of the power, the very revelation of God, the word that has become flesh. And so we're gonna spend most of our time in prayer. And we're just gonna pray together for gospel advancement through us. But I wanna remind you of this before we do, and I wanna kinda unpack a big truth and a few big ideas that are gonna guide us through this time. And I wanna take us kind of back in our reading where we've been reading through the Bible this year. We're now in the Gospels. And John the Baptist has identified Jesus as the Messiah. He's pronounced Jesus as the Savior of the world. 
except the Messiah wasn't saving the world quite the way Israel and even John the Baptist thought he would. It's, it's going a little slower than he thought. And by the time you get into Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist has been arrested. He's imprisoned, if you will. It's, it's, it's tough. And John himself questions, are you the one? And you have to understand it from that perspective. In that moment, he is a prisoner. And the Messiah has come to set prisoners free. The world around Israel is chaotic. Do you not see all that is going on around here? Are you the Savior? Do you have the authority, the power? And so Johnson and his disciples to ask Jesus this question, and Jesus immediately affirms that it is him and gives testimony of all the work that has been happening through him and sends John's disciples back to John. But then there's this moment in which there's probably some people around who've heard this. And I mean, is John really questioning is Jesus the Messiah? What's this say about John? What does it say about Jesus? And this moment somewhat is just kind of happening here. And it's just alluded to in scripture. And in that moment, Jesus speaks to the crowds concerning John the Baptist. And he asked them, what did you go into the wilderness to see? When you went to see John the Baptist, what did you go see? Did you go to see a reed shaken by the wind? In other words, an inconsistent, flaky man? Did you go to see a man dressed in soft clothing? In other words, in his house garments that are comfortable, ordinary? Jesus says, no. You went to see a prophet. You went after a prophetic word. And Jesus says, no, you went to see even more than a prophet. And he says of John the Baptist, there has never arisen a man born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. The greatest prophet. Think of all the prophets we've read about, all the great works. And Jesus says, there is none, no leader of Israel in its history greater than John the Baptist. Why? Why? Think about this and be encouraged. It wasn't because of his demeanor. It wasn't because of his tact. If you know him, you understand what I'm talking about. It certainly wasn't because of his fashion or his popularity or his charisma or his platform. It, it wasn't even his competency or his miracles. Do you know of John the Baptist, how many miracles are recorded to him, the prophet? Zero. And yet Jesus said of him, he is the greatest. Notice he asked, what did you go into the wilderness to see? He didn't ask who. See, this really doesn't have anything to do with John the Baptist at all. Because it was a message, not a person. See, what made him the greatest what made him unlike any other prophet or leader in Israel's history was the timing of his message because John the Baptist was the one who was able to say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and point 
through the living word of God that took on flesh to pay the penalty for the sins of the world. See, that is our big truth. That's our big truth, that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And there are three big ideas that are gonna guide us in prayer as we go through this weekend. Real quick, here they are. First, the world is sinful. Be burdened. He came to take the sin of the world. Paul says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Be burdened. The world is broken. It is lost and it is separated from God in sin. Let us be reminded. Let us be burdened for the lostness of the world. Second, Jesus is the only gospel. Jesus is the only gospel. He is the only good news. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so let us make known the only solution to the problems and the sin today. Jesus is the Lamb of God, the only begotten Son and in Acts 4, verse 12, the scriptures say, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so we make known, we make known, Jesus is the only good news unto salvation. And as the team comes up to lead us in a song of worship and prepare us to go into our first season of prayer, number three, separated from Jesus, the wrath of God remains. Jesus and Jesus alone, John says, takes away the sins of the world. And apart from Jesus, sin remains. John says in chapter three, verse 36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, and whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. And so we go. So we go. We lay down our lives, and we go is those who have been reconciled and given the ministry of reconciliation. We go as ambassadors of Jesus, the only name unto salvation, the only hope for the sin of the world, with the knowledge and the burden that apart from him, the sin still remains. Church, we have been set apart to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And let us be reminded as we go into this season of prayer, although we may be small, the message is great. And it has the power to redeem our family, our friends, our coworkers, the students in school beside of us, 
our country and the nations because it is the good news. Would you stand and would you sing and worship and just prepare for a season of prayer? Church family, twice a year, uh, we dedicate ourselves to a focused season of prayer for those around us that don't know Jesus. And this season, even during a time of COVID, we want to continue to consistently and intentionally make Jesus known and uh, pray that our hearts would be burdened for the lost around us. So we're going to have a guided prayer time for you there at home, for your family and those that have gathered with you. I just want to kind of tell you how that's going to look and then walk you through uh, the first segment of prayer. Uh, there's going to be three different segments, and you'll be uh, guided through each of those segments with a scriptural challenge of a particular topic to pray about, and then you'll be given a period of time to just gather right there in your home for a season of prayer. Uh, the second segment in particular, you're going to be asked to identify at least three names of people in your life, in your sphere of influence, that don't know Jesus. And uh, actually online, uh, we've provided a little card for you like this. You can find that right there on the worship guide. And in just a moment, if you need to even pause the, the video and print this out, we've produced it in a PDF so you can print it out and have it there at home. I encourage you to do that. It's again a resource for you to record your names of uh, your three names, as we say around here, of folks that don't know Christ, so you can continually pray for them. And again, we'll just guide you through uh, each of those segments uh, to lead uh, through a season of prayer. So I want to go ahead and guide you into segment number one in the book of Romans. The apostle Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them, and he's speaking of his Jewish brethren who do not know Jesus, he says, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. So we see in that verse a real heart and a desire for the salvation of those who do not know the Lord Jesus. And Paul expresses that in prayer, earnest, consistent prayer to God that they would be saved. And that's really the heart behind what we're doing. So in this first segment, I'm going to ask you to take a few minutes, again, gather right there in prayer. and From this verse in the book of Romans, uh, have a season of prayer and pray specifically. Ask God to give us a fresh desire and hunger to see those around us come to know the Lord Jesus. Uh, it's just a constant prayer for us that our heart doesn't grow cold to those around us that we see maybe every day that do not know the Lord Jesus. Also, uh, to pray that we would see the lost around us as God sees them with a great heart of compassion. Uh, that would see, they would, we would see our workplaces and our classrooms and our neighborhoods as really mission fields to carry the gospel. And so we're going to give you a few minutes just to pray right out of this verse in the book of Romans that God would give us a fresh heart and a desire uh, for the lost around us. So take a few minutes right there where you are and pray.
Lord, we just thank you above all for your salvation. Lord, I just thank you that would you save me? Would you save uh, your your chosen people, the church, Lord? And I just thank you, Father, that um, that it's because you died on the cross, Lord, you took my place, Lord. And 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 may we be burdened, Lord, for the people that don't know that, that don't have that. There's billions of people that have never heard the name of Jesus, Father. May we be burdened for them, Father. May we pray for them daily, Father. Lord, may we uh, sacrificially give to to missions, Lord, that they that they may um, know the name of Jesus, Father. And we thank you for your goodness. We pray this in your name. Amen. Moving into our next topic, uh, we're going to slightly change the emphasis here to our neighbors around us and how we can seize our go moments. Uh, in 1 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 4, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, First of all, then I urge you that entreaties, man, I, I love that word entreaties. It means uh, an urgent appeal and prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desire all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let me repeat that last verse. Who desire all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so this is going to be our theme for this next topic as we walk through it. And I'm going to give you just a few things to walk through with your family on how to structure maybe this prayer time. So number one, is just to begin to identify three people that you come in contact with on a daily basis, whether or not that's your family, somebody you work with, somebody you you run into consistently, maybe at the grocery store or something along those lines. Identify three people that you believe are not saved. Number two is take that card that that Pastor Mike had discussed in in the first portion and record those three names there on that card. Uh, And then as you do that, begin to pray for salvation. Begin to pray for boldness that you would share uh, with these people, uh, the gospel and the truth. Uh, number four is, um, is, is at the bottom of that, you'll notice two, outside of the three names that we have, another tool that we use is, is we record uh, a goal that we're looking towards on how many times that we're going to share the gospel over the next semester. And so uh, that may look like for you, maybe one time over the next semester, that may look like for you, uh, two or three times a month. And so just whatever uh, you feel like the Lord's uh, laid on your heart to stretch you in sharing the gospel, then record that, that down there. And, and remember, this goal is not something legalistic. It's, it's a pursuit that we're, we're trying to uphold what the Great Commission calls us to do. And lastly, church, um, continually pray and, and walk through this with your family as you pray through this last portion. And, um, and may we be fervent in that. Okay, church, let's pray.
Father God, we love you so much. And we pray, Father, that you would reveal to us the opportunities that we have every day to be sharing your word with the people around us. Father, help us to see those opportunities as we go through our daily lives, these chances to share the gospel, and I pray that you would give us boldness. Help us to not just see the opportunities, but to take hold of them, to share the words of truth with the people around us, whether we know them intimately or we've just met them, Lord. We know that the most loving thing we can do is share the truth, is share the gospel and your love for them. We would um, challenge ourselves to be doing more for your gospel because, God, we know you are worthy of that. And it's in Jesus' name. Our next section is going to be praying for the nations. And our scripture comes from Psalm 86. It says, All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. Jesus Christ is worthy of the praise and worship of every nation, of our entire world, of every single person. And so in this time, we're going to focus on praying for the nations. And we know that living here right now, the nations are around the world, but they've also come to us. We're surrounded by people from every nation. And so let's pray first for the unreached peoples of the world. These are people in Africa, Europe, South Asia, East Asia, all around there are unreached people groups. These are people who have no access to the gospel. There's not anyone around them that can tell them about who Christ is. And so let's pray specifically for those people who don't have an opportunity to hear the gospel right now. We also want to pray that the Lord would send out workers into the harvest. Pray Matthew 9:38, asking the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Ask God to send people to these unreached peoples to give the desire to all of his children to be sharing with people from every nation. And we also want to um, be praying about being generous givers, about giving to the mission of making Christ known among the nations because we know that he is worthy of that. Pray together um, for give to go. Pray together about how you should be giving to ministry that serves the nations, both here where the nations have come to us and around the world. So let's pray.
Father God, we love you so much, and we know, God, that you are worthy of the praise and adoration of every single soul on this earth. Every nation, every language should be praising you, God. And so we pray tonight that you would be raising up workers to go throughout the nations. Raise up us in our communities to serve our neighbors that are from the nations because we know they're here. I pray, God, that your gospel would be spreading into those darkest areas of this world. And I pray, Father, that in those areas you would be raising up the believers who are scarce among them. You would be raising them up to go among their own peoples and to be sharing your gospel and your word with every single person. I pray, Father, that you would um, put upon our hearts how we should be supporting um, taking your gospel to the nations. Help us to know how sh we should be giving. Help us to know how we should be praying. Help us to know how we should be um, taking action and going out and sharing with those around us who um, can then take that word back to their people, Father. We love you so much. We praise you and thank you that you are the God of every nation. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.